Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We are here on a uh, spectacular um, Thursday. Had to think for a minute. Good start to the show when I think for a minute, uh uh-oh, what day is it? It's that time of the year when everything has gone kind of crazy. I was out Christmas shopping yesterday for the first day, and I don't do much Christmas shopping. And uh, I basically go to Costco and I go to Amazon. And uh, I was at Costco and then we went to the, the mall. And I frankly don't know how anybody does it. It's an absolute zoo. I understand why on Christmas morning and also any Christmas party we go to, if you're a dad like me, um, you probably give presents on behalf of your family. And you're just as excited to see what people are going to get when they open up the presents from you as anybody else. My wife takes care of all that stuff. So anywhere you go, somebody's opening a present. I'm like, oh, I wonder why we got them. I'm going to sit here and watch the present be open. That's my situation for like 99.9% of all the uh, of all the situations we've got. Um, I think that uh, we are what, – what is the situation here? I think that we have a bunch of audio clips. I have no idea if they're ready to actually be played. So let's start with this one. We, do, we have the, do we have the Michael Bennett audio? All right, we've got two different, I think, pretty fun audio clips to play with. Uh, let's start with the Michael Bennett audio, and I'm going to play this in a sec. But you know how I have been talking all week about how Michael Bennett is protected by the media and the NFL, and I can't figure out why that is. Michael Bennett's a defensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. Last week, he was nominated for NFL Man of the Year. That's despite the fact that he lied about the Las Vegas Police Department being racist. And that's despite the fact that the three Las Vegas Police Department members who he said were racist were two Hispanic and a black guy uh, who he alleged uh, racially profiled him. And it's frankly just not true. And there are several hundred videos that prove that Michael Bennett lied. The NFL sent out a statement 
throwing the Las Vegas police under the bus. The the Seattle Seahawks did as well uh, in the wake of his fake race-baiting alleged fraudulent uh, story about the racist Las Vegas police. NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN, they all led with the Michael Bennett story. When Michael Bennett was proven to be a liar, no one talked about it except for this show. It's been almost total silence. Crickets. Well, then this past weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a season when cheap hits and injuries is one of the number one stories in the NFL, Michael Bennett dove at the back of his opponent's knees and tried to injure him, the Jacksonville Jaguars center. And he's not going to get any suspension at all because the NFL came out and said, you know what, we think he was trying to recover a fumble. I mean, this is a total lie. Absolute and complete lie that makes no sense at all that anybody could defend. And I've been saying, man, what does Michael Bennett have on the rest of the NFL and on all the sports media for people to just be literally covering for him and not calling him out for what he did? I mean, compare the response to Michael Bennett, a known liar who the Seattle Seahawks still nominated for NFL Man of the Year in the way that everybody responded to Michael Bennett's cheap hit on the Jacksonville Jaguars center with the way that everybody responded to Rob Gronkowski's cheap hit. You would have thought Rob Gronkowski was the biggest villain since Billy the Kid in the United States, and nobody even cares at all about Michael Bennett. Well, this went to insane levels yesterday, and I thought the clip that we're about to play from ESPN's first take was so perfect, you needed to hear it because I feel like I'm living in an upside-down world right now when things like what we're about to hear can be said and no one hardly at all reacts nationwide. But I thought it was so emblematic of the argument that I have been making about Michael Bennett being full of crap and the media completely covering for him. Now, I also am going to make a suggestion to you guys. A lot of times dumb things are said. I think we could have a lot of fun on this show if we start to grab clips from stupid things people say on television or radio and use them on this show. And the way we can do that is you can tweet me at Clay Travis. You can tweet at OutKick. You can tweet at Jmart OutKick. If you see something as ridiculous as the clip that we're about to play and you say, oh my God, Clay Travis was right. The reason we have this clip is because one of you sent this to me. I can't even remember who it was, but I grabbed it. I sent it to Jason Martin. I said, make sure that we have this ready to go on the show tomorrow. And this is phenomenal, okay? Just absolutely outstanding. And so I want you to hear this clip And then I'm going to open up the phone lines. I think this thing is so crazy. I'm also going to bring in the crew and let everybody react to this. This is real life. This is on ESPN's first take yesterday morning. This is Max Kellerman talking. Listen to this clip and tell me that you... you, I mean, I, I think your mind is going to be blown when you hear this. Again, what you need to know is a prelude is, if you didn't already know, Michael Bennett has been proven to be a fraudulent, race-baiting liar with his fake racism allegations from Las Vegas. Over 100 different videos have been released that prove that he was lying there. Number two, this past weekend on Sunday, he started a near brawl on the field with his cheap actions during the kneel-down situation of the game, 
and that kneel down situation led almost to one of his teammates ending up going into the crowd after Jacksonville Jaguar players. Okay, that's the prelude that you need to know. Also, that he was nominated for NFL Man of the Year somehow by the Seattle Seahawks. Here is ESPN completely covering for Michael Bennett. This proves all my thesis so well. You need to listen to it. ESPN's first take. Here's Max Kellerman. Did Bennett deserve a suspension? The answer is no. And let me say, Quentin Jefferson should not have been suspended. There's a big difference, and that was, they got that right. There's a big difference between assault and your friends hold you back, right? So he didn't. Oh, so, well, he was just held back, but he didn't go up into the stands. That's what happened. That was the result. He should not have been suspended. That was correct. And neither should Bennett. And yesterday on the show, I said, Bennett deserves a suspension for the cheap shot during victory formation, going at a guy's legs. I said it was unbecoming. It was beneath him. It looked bad for the league, for him. It was Bush League, and he deserves a suspension for it. And I now have to take that back and apologize to Michael Bennett because so often in the media, we come to a snap judgment. We're asked to opine about something right away. It seems on the surface to line up, you know, in a certain way where we have an opinion about it. I thought it was a cheap shot, so I said what I said, and I'm not Sorry for that, because I was giving you a genuine reaction. But more information has come to light. And you have to adapt to the facts, not just, you know, what you originally said. And the NFL said that he was going for the ball. And if you look closely, you can see what they mean. And then diving at the back of Linder's knees afterwards is because Linder, you know, gave him a little shot when he went for the ball. And then but, and Bennett went for the back of his knees, but not in a way to injure him, like high-impact collision. He was just trying to take him to the ground and get on top because they were having a little skirmish. So I take back what I said yesterday, given the new information. Bennett does not deserve a suspension. I don't care if you're in victory formation. The other team's players have a right to try to make a play on the ball, play through the whistle, and that's what happened. He apologized to Michael Bennett. How much more water can you carry for the guy? He dove at the back of another guy's knees, pinned him down, stepped on him, and started a brawl. I, he apologized for his opinion that Michael Bennett should be a sp- suspended on ESPN. Tell me that this is not the very definition of carrying water and covering up the real truth. I, I I heard this and my mind, when I heard this clip, one of you sent to me yesterday, my mind almost exploded. How can you watch a clip of Michael Bennett diving at the back of another guy's knees, a play that every single former NFL player I have heard asked about it says is incontrovertibly dirty? and then come out and apologize to Michael Bennett live on your air. Does Michael Bennett have the most unbelievable collection of blackmail of ESPN employees and ESPN executives that we've ever seen? Is he the equivalent of a KGB agent who's been sending out women to, uh, what were they called, like honeypots? Has he been sending out honeypots everywhere? And has he got everybody at ESPN on campus there, compromising photos of them? Does he know that they're all secretly sleeping with, I I, I don't know, elephants? I mean, I, I don't know what is going on here that could remotely explain 
how somehow you end up apologizing to Michael Bennett for his cheap shot. It's really an upside-down world. And I wonder sometimes, why is ESPN collapsing and this show dominating? Why are all of ESPN's radio shows losing listeners and this show is up 40% in the last year? It's not just that we're surging. It's that they're collapsing. And then I hear a clip like that, and it just brings home again how there is so much inauthenticity in everything that ESPN argues, and somehow we're dominating by just telling the truth. By the way, this is a perfect collusion between ESPN and the NFL. If you paid attention to that clip, because Max Kellerman said, I didn't know the full story. Why do you need the full story to watch that clip? There isn't a full story. You're listening to what the NFL put out as a rationale for why they didn't suspend Michael Bennett, and it is legitimately fake news. They said he was going for the football. Was the football somehow hidden behind the knees of the Jaguars' center after the play ended? Was he smuggling the football in his pants? Was Michael Bennett trying to discover it? Because when he grabbed him and dove at the back of his knees and then refused to answer any questions about this, that was as dirty of a football play as you can get. When he then pinned him on the ground as the Jags center was holding up his hands and clearly making it readily apparent that he's not even trying to fight because he doesn't want to get flagged because they're in the kneel-down process of the game, and then tried to step on him, if you zoom in on that video as he's getting up, Michael Bennett shouldn't be playing this weekend. ESPN and the NFL are covering up what he did just like they covered up the fact that he was a race-baiting liar when he accused the Las Vegas police of racially profiling him. They covered it up so much that they gave him an NFL Man of the Year nomination on the Seahawks. The Seahawks said, of everybody that's on our team, we think Michael Bennett is the most worthy of everybody following and trying to emulate. Can you believe what they're trying to sell us and what ESPN and NFL in cahoots are trying to sell? They apologized to Michael Bennett live on the air yesterday. Can you imagine what would have happened if they had come out and apologized to Rob Gronkowski for saying he should have been suspended? The world would have come undone. But they do it for Michael Bennett and hardly anybody even blinks at all. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Speaking of Michael Bennett and the insane, ridiculous, indefensible way that ESPN has covered him, 877-996-6369. I want to also give you one more bit of news that also has gotten relatively limited attention, although... I want to give Yahoo Sports credit for this. Uh, After the game, Michael Bennett was asked to explain his actions and said, I don't have to explain myself. That's all he would say uh, when it came to diving at an opponent's knees. Uh, The NFL evidently agrees because they haven't had any uh, penalty at all to, uh, to levy against him. But it's interesting, Michael Bennett has been around long enough that he has made statements about this before. Uh, And he said, this is a direct quote from Michael Bennett ripping his own actions. People just really hate it when you have to dive at people's legs. This is Bennett when he played 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At the end of the day, we've got to keep going and move on to the next game and try to make a living. Some of these guys are on, on other teams are our friends. Um, and if you go back and look at that uh, injury, it is unbelievable that he would have been quoted specifically on this incident talking about people who dive at the knees. I mean, and then to have ESPN come on and directly apologize for him is frankly beyond the pale. So 877-996-6369, we'll take your calls. You can tell me if you think that I am crazy, but these quotes and these actions, and if you use the precedent the NFL set with both Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, if you cheap shot somebody, you are not allowed to uh, to just get away with that and have absolutely no issue. Uh, this is also what Michael Bennett said last year. Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> this is Michael Bennett last year on that same situation. Again, Michael Bennett explaining what he thinks of people who dive at opponents' knees. Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. Well, I guess Michael Bennett is a little bitch because he did exactly what he's been condemning others of doing. The difference is here, ESPN actually apologized to Michael Bennett for having the opinion that he should be suspended. It's an upside-down universe, guys. Uh, Let's go to the crew. Jason Martin, you frequently disagree with me. Am I not 100% right here that ESPN's position is indefensible and that Michael Bennett, who was quoted last year as saying, Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. He did the exact same that he said, the exact same thing that he said everyone else is a little bitch for doing. Uh, you're right in principle. You're wrong in what you're saying because it's not a network position. This is Max Kellerman. This was one guy who came out and said this on an opinion show and then was immediately challenged right afterwards and said, why are you holding the water for this guy? So it's not the network. It's Max I would Kellerman. say that if you're paying somebody millions of dollars and he They're is not the allowed lead to state on, their opinion, and and he is the lead on a show, this is an indefensible opinion to come on and say I want to apologize to Michael Bennett for my opinion that you should be suspended is an indefensible position because well, his, you are his then carrying water. You are then carrying water for Michael Bennett, which is what just about everybody in the media is doing. LA, so what you're saying you ESPN should wait a second. So you're saying ESPN should not actually even allow him to apologize for his own I, opinion. I think because I think, of what yes. he believes. I think it, it, the only way he can believe that's insane. That, the only way he can believe that is if he is legitimately carrying water for Michael Bennett. You should not be able to come on the show and apologize for an opinion because it shows that you are completely untrustworthy. I mean, I don't even know how you could have that opinion. Like I am well, of the opinion further. that many people can basically have opinions on all walks of life. But he is arguing legitimate fake news. Like, he is trying to sway public opinion on his show in defense of Michael Bennett. It's like he's on Michael Bennett's payroll. And for that purpose, like, I don't know how you can take his opinion seriously on anything. When you come on and apologize to Michael Bennett for saying that he should be suspended for an unquestionably dirty hit, I, I, my mind is blown that this could even happen. I have no concept for how you could be this dumb. I mean, in, in all legitimacy. Like, I don't watch much of these television shows, which is why I think it would be phenomenal 
if you guys would start to grab some of these clips because I think a lot of this stuff slides. I think when you talk, like I talk all day. If people want to disagree with my opinions and they want to share them elsewhere, I'm more than happy for them to be shared elsewhere. A lot of you guys do it already. But I think if you talk and you have an opinion that's this bad, I think we need to start pulling some of these quotes, some of these quote-unquote hot take artists, and just unloading on them like it's uh, like it's what was the show back in the day, Hot Soup or whatever that thing was when they used to grab all the best of the reality show, best slash worst of reality shows. I'm at the soup. I think we just need to absolutely unload on people. L.A., what do you guys think about this? Uh, I mean, how in the world can you defend coming on and apologizing to Michael Bennett? Well, I, I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't going to until I heard Jason's uh, argument, and I, that, that, make, that makes sense to me. I mean, I you know, I he, Kellerman might be an idiot, but uh, I, I don't know if I would. He's I, the lead, making millions of dollars on a show that's been built around him. Well, and he's the second lead. He's the second lead. Let's be real. He makes millions of dollars. To yeah, give his but opinion. you're the. So he's not able to say what he wants to say. Then why is he on the show? That's I mean, my you argument. Can't it's come Kellerman on. You that can't you hate here. It's come not ESPN. On. You can't come on and have an opinion this dumb and ever have me trust your opinion on anything before. I mean, to me, well, it fine, seems like he like is Max on anyway. the payroll. I don't know. I don't know anything about Max. I don't watch these shows. He said a lot of dumb stuff. I, I, mean, don't I told watch you a couple these... of days ago, we were talking about these cuts. We were talking about these clips and things like this from these kind of shows. And I mentioned that the Sports Business Daily article came out that said Donald Trump's the most influential person in sports, and Max Kellerman said that's absolutely wrong. The answers are either John Skipper, the head of ESPN, Les Moonves, the head of CBS, or Colin Kaepernick. And I, I said that seemed very I, indefensible as well. I, I don't think that's even remotely indefensible. I think that's a dumb opinion, and obviously this guy might make a living off it's of all dumb opinions. Though. But this is not subjective. Like you coming yes, on is. and ap- no, you coming on and apologizing to Michael Bennett is not subjective. I've never heard any remotely reasonable or intelligent person come on a show and apologize to a guy who is a lying race-baiting fraud for something that we all watched on video. He dove at the back of an opponent's knees and attempted to injure him. Every single person in America can watch that clip and reach the exact same opinion. It's like we're living in uh, in an upside-down universe where he comes on and tells us that the opposite of what we're watching is what actually happened. When you apologize, listen to this clip again. Do we have this clip? Listen to this clip again. This is so indefensible. Like, it's one thing to have an opinion that is, like, controversial. I have lots of opinions that you guys might disagree with on a regular basis that are controversial. This is a legitimate lie. He is legitimately lying on behalf of another liar and spreading intentional disinformation about things that are 100% dishonest. That is different than just having an opinion. That's like me coming on and making a blatantly untrue statement and then continuing to say it throughout the show. And to me, ESPN is responsible when their talent goes on the air and makes blatantly untrue statements that are flagrantly not supported by any evidence at all. If you allow this and consistently allow it, then you are culpable for the stupidity with which you are spreading. I think this is one reason why Michael Bennett is getting a pass. I've been asking that question. How is it that Michael Bennett is getting a pass? And by the way, this isn't just Max Kellerman. Somebody just sent me a clip of Mike Wilbon saying, I'm going to defend Michael Bennett here for diving at his opponent's knees. Yeah, there I told must you, have been I told something you about else that. said. 
Yeah, I told there you about that on air. must have been something else said. Yeah, there was. He said that he was retaliating something that he thought was dirty. And Kellerman went further after the clip that we played and actually said he thought he was protecting Brandon Linder. By the way, he rolled into him. It is indefensible, but it's one man's opinion that was then immediately challenged by the next person that was allowed to speak on that I don't, set. I don't All care. All I'm suggesting is it's not else. a network's position oh, I think, because I disagree. one commentator I think, said I, I think that's insanely – that's, that's that, not dis- fair to ESPN or no, anybody else. No, it is else. totally. Look, Jason, I mean, you're it's not like Skip Bayless. No, stop. You haven't done television. Everything on television is planned. It's like a play. They have that clip lined up. They know exactly what he's going to say. Max Kellerman said, I'm going to go on television and apologize to Michael Bennett for my opinion yesterday. Period. Everybody who has ever done television knows how television works. It's like a play. You get makeup put on. They set the clips up. You line up exactly what's going to happen on the show. You know exactly what arguments are going to be made. There were tons of producers that sat around in this room. They knew exactly what Max Kellerman was going to say. Max Kellerman came in and he said, hey guys, I was wrong about Michael Bennett. I need to apologize to him on air. They wrote into the script for what they were going to say on the show. It's not like radio. It's not like radio at all. I'm not suggesting it was impromptu, Clay. Where one minute you don't know what somebody's going to say. I can go to a phone call right now when I go back, when we come back out of this break, and I can have no idea what somebody's going to say. There are many segments that start on this show. I don't have a script in front of me. Radio is like jazz. You don't know where the next note is going to go. It's one reason that I love it. Having done a ton of television, you know what your argument is, and everything is laid out on that script. They said, okay, in the A block, we're going to talk about this. Max is going to apologize to Michael Bennett. Every single producer at ESPN knew it. Every single executive at ESPN who pays attention to first take knew about this. So they knew he was going to go on and lie. They knew he was going to go on, that his opinion was wrong, that he was going to lie, and that he was going to cover for Michael Bennett, and they allowed it to happen. I've been in shows. Somebody would have said, hey, you know you've seen that clip, right? He's definitely diving at the back of his knees. This is a really bad argument. Are you sure you want to make it? This is not just a failure, in my opinion, of Max Kellerman. This is a failure of everybody who works on that show. This is a failure of everybody associated with this argument in any way. They put together this clip. They wrote in a script that question for the host on that show to ask, knowing exactly what he was going to say. It's a lie. He went on television and intentionally spread disinformation designed to protect Michael Bennett, which is my argument out there, period. That the media has been covering for this guy, that the NFL has been covering for this guy, and I just don't get it. He's a lying, fraudulent, race-baiting loser who tried to intentionally injure one of his opponents, and this was the clip that happened. This is what ESPN planned for. They are carrying water for Michael Bennett by even allowing this segment to occur. Listen. And yesterday on the show I said, Bennett deserves a suspension for the cheap shot during victory formation, going at a guy's legs. I said it was unbecoming. It was beneath him. It looked bad for the league, for him. It was Bush League, and he deserves a suspension for it. And I now have to take that back and apologize to Michael Bennett because so often in the media we come to a snap judgment. We're asked to opine about something right away. It seems on the surface to line up, you know, in a certain way where we have an opinion about it. I thought it was a cheap shot, so I said what I said, and I'm not – Sorry for that, because I was giving you a genuine reaction. But 
more information has come to light. And you have to adapt to the facts, not just, you know, what you originally said. And the NFL said that he was going for the ball. And if you look closely, you can see what they mean. And then diving at the back of Linder's knees afterwards is because Linder, you know, gave him a little shot when he went for the ball. And then but, and Bennett went for the back of his knees, but not in a way to injure him, like high-impact collision. He was just trying to take him to the ground and get on top because they were having a little skirmish. So I take back what I said yesterday, given the new information. Bennett does not deserve a suspension. I don't care if you're in victory formation. The other team's players have a right to try to make a play on the ball, play through the whistle, and that's what happened. It's unbelievable. It's like an upside-down universe. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. My opinion, which was correct yesterday, somebody at the league office called me and said I need to apologize for it. Maybe Michael Bennett himself called. Why are they carrying the water for this guy? You don't, like, how do you apologize for an opinion you have that's completely right unless you've been told you need to change your mind? And that's basically what he said. New evidence has come to light. What new evidence? Is there a new clip that's come in, like there's a Bruder film? We got a new shooter back into the right. We saw the clip. He dove at the back of the guy's knees. The NFL made up a fake story. They then gave it to Max Kellerman at ESPN. Max Kellerman goes in at ESPN and says, hey, I need to change my story. Let's build an entire segment around this. And ESPN allows it to happen. And we didn't hear it there, but they actually queue up the show to toss to Max Kellerman so that he can apologize for his correct statement, which he now says was incorrect because he's covering along with ESPN and along with the NFL inexplicably for Michael Bennett. I just don't get it. 877-996-6369. That's how the sausage is made. It's fake news in the world of sports, and I see it happen all the time, and I'm asking you guys to help grab stories like these. And you say, why does it matter? It matters because this changes public perception. You come in with lies, and you alter the way that fans respond to things. That's a blatant lie that Max Kellerman said on the air. There's a difference between an opinion which is defensible and an opinion which is indefensible. He indefensibly apologized to Michael Bennett. Why? Because the word went out that they were going to protect Michael Bennett. Why is this? I don't know. Maybe Michael Bennett has videos of everybody in prominent positions at ESPN and the NFL Network having sex with horses. I have no idea what's going on. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. So big news breaking during uh, during that commercial break, which is going to lead to a little bit of an adjustment in uh, the show. We try to adjust to live breaking news. Uh, officially announced, Disney is going to buy key 21st century uh, Fox assets. This is a really big deal in the world of media and certainly sports media. Disney uh, said Thursday morning, this just happened, this news just breaking during the last commercial break, that it had reached a $52.4 billion deal to acquire a huge amount of assets from 21st Century Fox, including the 20th Century Fox movie studio, which has produced Avatar, Titanic, Alien, Patton, Grapes of Wrath, Miracle on 34th Street. If you live in L.A., the huge Fox lot there is well, that's where that's located, although Fox will retain the real estate. Also, as part of the deal, Disney is going to buy Fox's television, uh, television classic like lineup of shows, not the television network itself, but The Simpsons, Empire, every show that Fox has created, 
as well as FX and the National Geographic channels on cable. They also get uh, all of the movie-related uh, details. They, um, this is a massive deal. They also are buying 22 Fox Sports regional networks. Now, that's like the Yes Network if you're in New York. That is uh, very many of those deals like Fox Sports South, Fox, like anything that has Fox in it that shows your local teams. Disney slash ESPN is now buying these. This is a major, major news story. And again, it's just breaking this morning. And so I'm going to pivot for a minute here if we can because I reached out to Rich Greenfield who's at BTIG Research. He's a really smart guy who covers these companies for a living and he is going to come on and help break down the significance of this story with us and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that and also get smarter. So he is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes at uh, at 7:40 Eastern. He'll be talking and be on television shows like CNBC all day long discussing this show. We've had him on once before, and a lot of you guys loved him. And so he is going to join us at 740 Eastern. So in about 10 minutes, we will go and meet with him. That means I'm going to take a break a little bit earlier than I usually do so that I can come back right at the start of uh, 740 to make sure that I am there. But I also want to pay off on my uh, promise there and play you the Warren Sapp audio, and we're still going to have some fun with that in the top of the third hour, and I'll play it again for you there. One more little detail I would like to add here. Another guy who's involved in the industry uh, has been listening to our show this morning, and he just called me during the break, and he said the other thing you should be talking about, and this is a good point that he made, is he said a lot of times the producers and the network itself will assign people to take topics. And so... It's basically a debate show, and you may get assigned a topic that you don't even agree with. That ties in even more with my idea of the fix being in. If everybody agrees that Michael Bennett did something wrong, that's not an entertaining debate because everybody comes on and they're like, I agree, I agree, I agree. So if you assign somebody to say, hey, Michael Bennett didn't do anything wrong, that's an agenda-driven show aspect here, which I think is inauthentic and artificial and reflects that segment that we have been playing of Max Kellerman carrying water for Michael Bennett, even though Michael Bennett doesn't deserve that at all. But I'm going to put a pin in this story because the other story is much bigger, the acquisition of Fox assets by Disney. Again, just breaking essentially during that last commercial break. Going to be a major story across the country, and we're going to address it live, pivoting as we do. That's why I love this show. At any moment, news breaks will adjust on the fly what we were scheduled to talk about. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, who probably hasn't even had time to update his news story yet with this major news about Disney buying substantial assets from 21st Century Fox. You're probably right. That's why we're starting with news from the NFL. We're at the league's winter meeting. Spokesperson Joe Lockhart announced that the new contract extension for Commissioner Roger Goodell will be his last with the league. It runs through the 2023 season. The details on the extension reveal the deal, which could pay Goodell up to $200 million, is not guaranteed money. Almost 90% is incentive-based, which means his performance has to be evaluated and approved by owners for Goodell to receive the full payout. NBA action. The Rockets won their 11th in a row, beating the Hornets 108-96. Houston's now 22 
12-4 on the year. Celtics beat the Nuggets 124-118. Kyrie Irving, 33 points for Boston. Thunder over the Pacers, 195. Paul George back in Indiana to face his old team for the first time at 12 points for Oklahoma City. And Clay, this report is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. A couple of notes from college basketball. Louisville has filed a lawsuit against former head coach Rick Pitino seeking monetary damages from the Cardinals vacating wins, final four appearances, and an NCAA title. And Leangelo Ball said in a radio interview that he only thanked President Trump for helping him in his shoplifting incident because UCLA made him do it. If it were up to him, he would not have done it. Uh, of course. Uh, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. As always, we're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Again, big news, just breaking early this morning. Uh Disney has agreed to spend over $50 billion, that's billion with a B, to buy many of the assets of 21st Century Fox, including the movie studio, the television library of classics such as The Simpsons. They also are buying Avatar, uh, all of these different aspects of the 21st Century Fox, including FX and the National Geographic Channel. And they will be uh, rolling in, again, the assets that they have uh, purchased there. What it does not include, they're also buying 22 regional sports networks, which is a major deal if you are in uh, the business that we are in. One of the biggest media and sports media stories in a generation effectively being announced this morning. And we are going to bring on Rich Greenfield from BTIG. I think you guys are going to love that in about eight minutes. But first, I finally want to play you this Warren Sapp audio. If you haven't been familiar with it, the NFL Network in the midst of an ugly sexual harassment lawsuit, one of the allegations in the lawsuit that Warren Sapp gave sex toys as Christmas gifts. Warren Sapp addressed that and had this to say. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. Lipstick, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Did you bring – I love that. Did you bring them – did you give them sex toys? No, no, no. What I did was I, I, I gave them vibrators that looked like lipstick. That's a sex toy, Warren. In that wow. same interview, Warren Sapp also said, amazingly, that he wasn't sure about the sexual harassment because it might have been his CTE acting up. That's a damn good spin zone. You get accused of sexual harassment – and you just go straight to CTE. I don't know whether I might have done some of this stuff. My CTE acts up some of the time. I got to give Warren some props there. That's a hell of an excuse. All right, we're scheduled to be joined by Rick Greenfield. We'll also have some more fun with Warren Sapp explaining that, no, 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 you guys got it all wrong. I didn't give anybody sex toys. I gave them sex toys that looked like lipstick. That's not a sex toy. That's Warren, that's Warren Sapp's argument. Can we play that one more time, by the way? Just one more time. Warren Sapp asked if he gave sex toys 
to the woman here. He says, no, 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 no. What I did was I gave him a sex toy that looked like lipstick. I mean, he immediately refutes himself. Maybe it does his CTE acting up. Listen to this again. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. No. The sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And, I brought and some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Amazing clip, just an absolutely amazing clip there from Warren CTE Sap. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. He joins us every single Thursday, even in the midst of breaking news. He's Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman on, uh, on, where can you follow him? Twitter there. Goodness. Todd Furman, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing well this morning, Clay. How are things? Uh, we're following this uh, breaking news. Kind of been expected for a little while, but uh, the decision by Disney to buy many of the assets of Fox, uh, 21st Century Fox, and the impact that has in the world of entertainment and beyond. Um, and uh, obviously, there are going to be substantial impacts on the world of sports. But uh, there are several things that, uh, that we can get to in the world of sports right now, and that includes the NFL's 14th game of the season kicking off tonight with a game that nobody wants to watch between the Broncos and the Colts. Is there any reason to watch this game from a gambling perspective? Uh, you know what? The only angle that I can try and create from a gambling uh, point of view would be backing the Colts if they get to be three-point underdogs. This is a number that looks a little bit inflated on the heels of the Colts' uh, performance over the weekend in Buffalo that was hindered, so to speak, by the six inches of snow that were on the ground. All is not well with the Denver Broncos after drumming the New York Jets last weekend. Offense still looking for an identity, and they were pretty fortunate uh, to try and clamp down there. But little to say, if you have other things to do on your Thursday night agenda, this would not be what I would call must-see TV. Uh, no doubt at all. In fact, I'm going to go see the new Star Wars movie tonight, which should be uh, hopefully a lot of fun. We'll see how that goes, taking the boys. Um, okay, let's talk about some of the major injury news stories that have come down this week. And let's start with Carson Wentz. From a drop-off perspective, Carson Wentz to Nick Foles means what to Vegas gamblers? You know what? He's a real polarizing quarterback in that there isn't much of a consensus depending on who you talk to. Odds makers, some feel one way, some betters feel differently. For me personally, it's about a four to four and a half point change. And the reason I say that is because Nick Foles is a little bit limited in terms of his skill set. We know he has experience playing in big games. We know he's probably one of the backups better suited to become a starting quarterback, but he doesn't provide that same level of mobility, that same grasp of the Eagles' offense, that I think you can talk about him in that field goal range like some people have suggested. I look at Philadelphia, they can definitely lean on their talented defense. They have a ground game to boot, so maybe they'll probably be a little bit more balanced offensively. Uh, but Carson Wentz has really been the straw that stirred the drink for this Philadelphia resurgence this season, uh, and I think that when you look at the things that they're going to be able to do or unable to do with Nick Foles in the lineup, uh, you're talking talking about a drastic change in their playoff outlook against the likes of the Saints, uh, against the likes of the Vikings, uh, should it get to that point. 
Yeah, I've seen some places, Todd, where maybe the odds were something like 3-1 to one for the Eagles to have won the Super Bowl before the injury to Carson Wentz, and now they've dropped to around 12-1. to one. Is that an accurate reflection somewhat of what the futures market has done in terms of their odds to win a title? Exactly. I mean, a lot of books had them in that 3-1, to 5-1 to one range, and now they've drifted out to the 10-1, you know, to 12-1 to one range. And when you look at the other changes that it's forced as far as the NFC is concerned, the beneficiaries become the Vikings. You've seen their numbers drop from a high of 12 to 1 down to 8 to 1. And of course, the Saints that were long shots early in the season, uh, you've seen them go from about 16 to 1 down to 12. So it does change the dynamics a little bit. Philadelphia, fortunately, has a very manageable schedule over the next few weeks. And the nice luxury they're afforded, having won last week in Los Angeles against the Rams, they've wrapped up the division so they can tinker a bit, but they'd obviously love nothing more than to have home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is back. Final three games for the Packers as they sit at 7-6 and six, on the road against the Panthers, uh, at home against the Vikings, and then on the road against the Lions. I think there's a very minimal chance that the Packers can win all three games. Do you agree with that perspective? I wouldn't say minimal, but I do think it's a bit of a long shot. If you look at Green Bay and what they're... By the way, what's the difference between minimal and long shot? (laughs) Well, I'm going to change it, and I'm going to tell you why from an odds perspective. So when you looked at Green Bay's odds to make the playoffs before Rodgers was announced as a starting quarterback for this weekend, that number was 12-1. to So you had to put up $30 to make a dollar on the no proposition that Green Bay was going to be on the outside looking in. When Rodgers gets announced in for the game, you saw that number get cut in half from 12-1 to down to 6-1 to for the Packers to make the postseason. And if you wanted to bet no, you'd have to put up $11 to make a dollar. So you see a massive shift in the numbers in that regard. As far as their odds to win the Super Bowl, you've seen them go from a long shot at one point, Clay, of 200 to 1 to come crashing down, so to speak, uh, to the point that they're now 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that offers a semblance of value in the least at 20 to 1. You're probably better off taking a money line rollover, assuming that the Packers would have to win the next three games, win the three games in the NFC, and then, of course, you know, win the Super Bowl. So you'd get better odds in that regard. Uh, and I'm also a little bit skeptical that you look at Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of people believe all of a sudden he flips the switch and can be in midseason form. I think there can be some rust, and Carolina not exactly a slouch on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so that, that was kind of fascinating to me. Aaron Rodgers comes back, and this line in the Panthers game has been really strange, right? It's kind of bounced around a lot and not necessarily pivoted like you necessarily anticipated. By kickoff, what do you think this line's going to be? Uh, I think you're going to see this number sit right in that two-and-a-half range. Uh, when you look at the betting trends, the general public sees Aaron Rodgers, and they're immediately going to gravitate towards that. But when you look at the way the market moved on Monday and Tuesday, we saw the number open at two. It got as high as six, six-and-a-half out here in the desert. Then Rodgers announces on Instagram he's been cleared. That number comes crashing down, and you've kind of seen those bet splits level out. But the real $100 million question is, do you make the full adjustment for what Aaron Rodgers means when he's entirely healthy to that number, or do you try and figure that he's operating at about a 60 to 65% clip? We know the general public doesn't always factor that in. They look at Green Bay's two-game win streak, Rodgers coming in, an emotional lift, so they think it should be a full seven- to eight-point adjustment. Professional bettors maybe have a different mindset, and a lot of the guys that I've spoken to waiting to see how low this money line goes before they can make a case for Carolina. All right. Uh, also, let's continue in the NFL, and obviously, massive game going on Sunday that's going to soak up most of the atmosphere of attention. The Patriots going on the road against the Steelers. Was the loss to the Dolphins ominous? Does it make you even more confident in the Patriots than you would have been before? And secondarily on this game, how much does who is favored 
to have home field advantage. In other words, who wins this game matter in terms of the likelihood of going to the Super Bowl. In other words, if that was a complicated question, how much does it matter if the number one seed is in Pittsburgh versus the number one seed in New England? Well, when you look at these two teams right now, the odds to win the Super Bowl, New England right around a 2-1 to one favorite. The, the, you look at the Steelers, uh, they're behind them at 7-2. to Should Pittsburgh win this game on Sunday and kind of shift a little bit of that dynamic? I think you see New England's odds drop into that 5-2 to two range, maybe a shade less than 3-1. to one. And you'll see Pittsburgh's number come down as well because we know going through Gillette Stadium, especially in the AFC, extremely difficult this time of year. And Pittsburgh has lost to the New England Patriots the last four times they've played them. As far as the, this number being impacted by last weekend's results, Clay, you haven't really seen much change. On the look-ahead number, New England would have been about a two-and-a-half-point favorite, number out to three in some spots. I do think you'll see a little bit of resistance. Some concerns, obviously, with Pittsburgh and the way they've looked defensively without Ryan Shazier. Joe Hayden's status very much up in the air, uh, given his availability coming back from a broken leg. And you look at New England. We've seen this team flounder offensively without the services of Rob Gronkowski. He really is the only elite passing option that Tom Brady has. And despite having a short week and going on the road, uh, I don't think you hit the panic button for New England quite yet. If this number were to get to three and a half, I'd make a case for Pittsburgh. But at three, it feels about the perfect point spread, knowing the dominance and wizardry that we've seen from Bill Belichick over Coach Tomlin. One thing to keep in mind, though, for people that want to look at the playoff game last year, remember, no Le'Veon Bell, no Martavis Bryant, no Juju Smith-Schuster back then. You were throwing to receivers like Sammy Coates and Kobe Hamilton, so a much more dynamic Steelers offense that the Patriots are going to encounter on Sunday than what they saw last January. NFC West and AFC West potentially could be decided this weekend as well. Let's start in the NFC. What do you see in Rams traveling to Seahawks? What's the line? What's the expectation? What do you like? Uh, this number's been interesting. When you look, some books actually open the Rams as modest road favorites, a one-and-a-half point chalk. Number has ballooned out to two-and-a-half. Haven't started to th- see threes in the marketplace yet, and I'm a little bit surprised given so many of the injuries that Seattle has to deal with. We know that they're already down Cliff Averill, Richard Sherman, and Cam Chancellor. They've been playing without the absence of those three key contributors, but injured in the game last weekend against the Jaguars, Bobby Wagner left early on in the second half in a game that was 3 nothing Jacksonville. The Seahawks defense surrendered 27 points in the game's final 29 minutes. K.J. Wright still going through concussion protocol, not sure of his availability. And I'm skeptical that both those guys will be ready to go when you look at the Seahawks signing Paul Dawson from the practice squad and trying to integrate him that way. Uh, On the other side of the ball with the Rams, they should get Robert Woods healthy. It'll change their passing game some. This just a very tough venue. Uh, for the Rams to try and go into and win, knowing what's at stake. The Rams outplayed Seattle the first meeting of the season in Los Angeles, just were done in by a minus three turnover ratio. If this number got to a field goal, I'd make a slight case for the Rams, uh, given you know some of those defensive shortcomings that Seattle may be faced with. But at the same time, until you knock off the big boy on the block, uh, you have to lean towards the Seahawks. Chargers started 0-4. They are now 7-6 and and tied for first place in the AFC West with Kansas City. That game is in Kansas City against the Chargers. Winner will be in first place in the AFC West. A loser will probably have a really tough time to make the playoffs. Who's the advantage here? What's the line telling us? What's the story? Well, this number's been interesting to watch all week. We saw Kansas City open as a one-point favorite at betonline.ag. Numbers swing all the way to the Chargers minus two before you started to see some Chiefs money come back in, taking this number down to a pick'em. If I give you the two rosters and lay them down side by side, 
I'd probably make a case that the Chargers are better at almost every position, with maybe the exception of Marcus Peters as a true lockdown cornerback. Now, where Kansas City gets a massive edge is at the head coaching spot between Andy Reid and Anthony Lynn. At the same time, Phillip Rivers playing the best football of his career. We know it'll be a difficult atmosphere to go into Arrowhead at night. It's a charged spot. We saw Kansas City really play some of their best football last weekend against Oakland when they needed to. For me, the concern is Kansas City is amongst the worst teams in the NFL in terms of turning red zone possessions into touchdowns. Uh, I don't want to step in front of the freight train, and that for me right now, that's the Chargers' balanced offense. Keenan Allen uh, poised for big things here, and I look at their pass rush. I think the Chargers will be able to put pressure on Alex Smith, keep him in the pocket. I think it's the Chargers that put a stranglehold on the division when we're talking about the dust settling come Saturday night. Uh, interesting. What other games in the NFL jump out to you and tell a story? Uh, I think when you look at the early game on Saturday between the Lions and Bears, people talking about the Lions and their playoff prospects, you know, this is a team professional bettors have been down on for quite some time. Uh, that number opened Detroit minus seven, trending towards five and a half. The Bears should be able to run the football pretty well against that defensive front. And then when we look at a de facto elimination game, so to speak, on Sunday night, very real professional and public money coming in on the Cowboys. Uh, the Raiders opened up as a pick and We've seen that number move to three. Would not be surprised knowing some of the liability going to Dallas if that number ultimately moved to three and a half. And all of a sudden, we'd be talking about the Cowboys controlling their own destiny, getting Ezekiel Elliott back for a date next weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. We're talking to Todd Furman. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman, F-U-H-R-M-A-N. You can follow him out there. He's up early with us in the desert in Las Vegas. Um, college football, the, the bowl games start on Saturday. Are there any early bowl games that you particularly like from a gambling perspective? Well, we talk about uh, trying to make time to do other things during Thursday night football. Saturday may be the perfect day to avoid some of the games, bowl game-wise, uh, on the college football slate. One that I think is interesting taking place right out here in the desert uh, with Oregon, a 7 to 7.5 point favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, if you read between the lines, Oregon has placed an increased emphasis on trying to re-recruit the players that Willie Taggart was going to bring up to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, some of the coaching staff won't even be making the trip down to Las Vegas for this bowl game. Uh, and you look at their historical, historically good running back in Rice Freeman, he hasn't even been practicing in pads, just kind of running. We're not sure he's going to be available. So if you have a chance to grab Boise State plus 7.5, I think you have two teams looking at this bowl game very differently. Another game to keep tab on will take place on next Friday, the 22nd. You can kind of maybe get out ahead of it. Some skepticism about Josh Allen's availability for Wyoming. Uh, we know the Cowboys, if he doesn't play, uh, changes so much of what this team can do offensively. But when you look at some of the other games midweek, the only game that I'd make a case for having some value would be going over the total down there in Boca with your boy Lane Kiffin. I think Florida Atlantic will want to make a statement, and Akron not afraid to score and try and keep up uh, should they get down two or three scores. NFC South. Let's go back to some of these difficult divisions. I got the NFC South and the AFC South I want to ask you about. NFC South. Who wins this division? Is it the Panthers? Is it the Falcons? Is it the Saints? Uh, I think it's still the Saints division to lose. Uh, You look at New Orleans, and while I know that Carolina uh, has a slight edge as far as record is concerned right now, the Saints do hold the tiebreaker. And uh, I think the Saints, probably the most complete team going in the NFC. You look at their ability to run the football – if Alvin Kamara is 100%, we know Drew Brees has been there, done that, and you like what you've seen from the Saints on the defensive side. So I still think the Saints ultimately win the NFC South when the dust settles there. And you mentioned the AFC South, Clay. Jacksonville Jaguars, slight favorites at about $3 right now. 
so much to be concerned about from a Tennessee Titans perspective. That offense was nowhere to be found last weekend in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. Jacksonville playing with a bit of house money. Uh, I think that division will ultimately come down to the Week 17 showdown between those two teams uh, as the Titans look to try and pull off the upset. So that means that you think the Titans have a good chance to pull off ridiculously an upset on the road against the 49ers this weekend because the 49ers are favored in that game. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a ridiculous upset, yet being a modest one-and-a-half-point underdog, but given the Herculean task it's proven to be for them to try and move the football, uh, anything is possible. At the same time, this is one of the largest moves from a look-ahead line perspective to what the number is now. Going into last weekend, the Titans would have been four-point favorites on the road, now facing that underdog tag. And the crazy part about it, the general public, all aboard the Jimmy Garoppolo Express, looking to lay points with the talented quarterback as he makes his first home start uh, wearing San Francisco 49ers colors. Appreciate you getting up early with us, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure. Good luck to your Titans this weekend, Clay. Hopefully they look a little better on the offensive side. You and me both. Uh, That's Todd Furman. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, He is in Las Vegas, and he is always fantastic. He also writes some at OutKick. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.